Again, I also have a whole bottle of Lambrusco in my fridge that isn't going to drink itself. True. I've had to find, especially during quarantine, the perfect balance of I'm going to go out today versus you bought a whole bunch of food at the grocery store and you need to eat it. Mm. So, like, sometimes I'll be like, well, if I'm going to get coffee at my normal coffee place, they have avocado toast and I could also get avocado toast. But then, like, you have toast and avocados in your fridge you could make your own avocado toast mm -hmm. and so then i'll make my own avocado toast but go out to get a coffee so it's like you got to find the right the right balance of spending all your money versus eating all the food that's in your fridge mm -hmm. well and i think one of my problems is is i have a keurig from way back when and brewed coffee is totally great, but it's not something I like on a regular basis. And since I was a barista for so long and I know how to properly like froth and pull shots and I know what it takes because not that people, I'm not trying to like be negative and tell regular people that they don't know how to take care of espresso machines. But like example, when I worked for the coffee company I worked for, you're rinsing the espresso machine. I mean, really about every five times you use it. And yeah, because they're like high powered machines, it's a very like fast rinse. But I think when people get like espresso machines at home and they're like, this espresso machine is crap. I'm like, you have to clean it every time you use it. Yeah. So I'm like, I feel like it would just be a way better investment if I just got my own espresso machine and I can make all my stuff at home because I know how to do it. <gasps> Wait, I also go. I have something to tell you on the topic of coffee. Um, this is one of my very important ketchup and mustards that I mentioned to you. So here's the thing Olivia and I, we talked on the phone this week, but it was very like, oh, Olivia, I can't tell you that because I have to tell you that for the podcast. Yes. And so, like, I have a couple things that I was saving to tell Olivia until we recorded. So here's one of them. Wait, wait, wait. Should we should we actually start? Oh, and then we can like officially do ketchup and mustard? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hi guys. <laughs> um, welcome to You Can Live Anytime. If you haven't figured it out yet, I am Olivia. And I am Annika. And I am also a practicing gay who's um back on hinge, so a little <gasps> bit of gay practicing. Oh, I like that because last week we did talk about with COVID. I can't imagine. It's still gonna be hard, but like, I'm just so lonely in my apartment by myself. It's honestly, I mean, even Andrew and I talk about like we're really glad that we like each other so much because we're the only two people we really interact with. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay, so back to my ketchup and mustard. Yes. I found the attachment for my AeroPress. You did? I did. Where was so it? So it was inside 
of my tumbler. And I finally made a mixed drink last week, I think, because I was, I was settling in mm-hmm. for, actually, I literally think this was after, re- like, just after we recorded, because I was talking to you about how we needed to record early so that I could do more work because oh, yeah. I had to do, I stayed up for like a really long time that night doing, finishing a project. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, if I'm going to be working on this from 8 p.m. to midnight, I'm going to need some alcohol. And so I finally made myself a mixed drink for the first time, obviously in like two months. Mm-hmm. And my attachment, my filter for my AeroPress was stuck inside my tumbler. I'm so, so glad you found it. I mean, after I lost it, I bought myself a French press. So now I have a French press and an AeroPress. And I think it's both, they're both good because for different reasons, like you would really only make one cup at a time with your AeroPress. So like on special occasions, like this morning when I had like a slow morning, I use it to make some espresso, which obviously isn't the right way to make espresso, but I, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm not going to put it in my coffee machine with hot water. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't feel right. So I put it in my, um, in my AeroPress. And I made a little, in air quotes, latte. Mm -hmm. But the French press allows you to make multiple cups. So like on mornings where you have to work, I'll like make a full picture in the French press. And then I can have like two cups of coffee because sometimes it was a lot to like make two separate cups with my AeroPress. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so I found my AeroPress. I'm very happy for you. The other thing that I need to tell you as a ketchup and mustard, because it pertains to what we've been talking about, is that I, for the first time since 2018, finished a book. (gasps) Yay! I finished Little Fires Everywhere last weekend. How was it? It was pretty good. I wouldn't say it's one of my, like, favorite books of all times but it's definitely I struggle a little bit getting through it but then once I got to the last like four chapters well I was in a park reading this book because um if I sit at home then I get distracted and I don't read anymore so I had to like go outside and read but I was like debating just calling it a day and like going back to my apartment even though I was really close to finishing it But then once I hit those like last four chapters, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to keep reading. I have to know what happens. Like what's, what's going to be the end game here? Even though technically you already know the end game because the first chapter actually tells the last part of the story, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. But it was still really interesting. So now I can finally start on another book. So many good things. You. Yeah, so many good things in my life. Um, I forget if I talked about this. I made oat milk. I don't think you did talk about that because I would remember that. How do you make oat milk? It's pretty easy. Um, you pretty much just have to soak oats in water overnight. And it's recommended. I've seen a couple places to put a little like flavoring in it. So um, soak it with a cinnamon stick. And then like add some vanilla extract mm-hmm. to it and you're supposed to blend it and then you're supposed to strain it and then it's like oat milk mm-hmm. and it tastes like liquid oatmeal if we're being honest 
but the one thing is, is so I like have it in a jar in my fridge and it separates quite a mm. bit. It doesn't stay, which I get like that happens with some liquids like that sometimes, but it like separates more than I think it should. Yeah. So I need to look up, it, it was my first attempt, so I'm not mm-hmm. upset about it because it's, you know, sometimes you need to experiment with stuff. Also, the recipe that I use says you need to use an immersion blender mm. and I don't have one of those and the blender that Andrew and I have I have one I can mail it to you do you not want it no I want it you have to mail it back because I, I use it I use it to make beans for my tacos because I don't like having whole beans in my tacos because they slip out easier mm-hmm. so I like to make like a bean paste so you want to send me your immersion blender to borrow it and I'll send it back and we'll just borrow it via mail back and forth. Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah, we got to support the U.S. postal system. This is very true. <laughs> I know. It's funny. I've been buying a little too much online and, you know, Andrew's like, I'm not telling you what to do with your money, but like, don't you think you should? And I'm like, one, I'm watching what I'm spending, sir. Thank you for being concerned. I appreciate you. I'm good. But two, I'm supporting the postal service. You just got to make sure that they deliver with the postal service and not like with FedEx. Yeah. My one thing. Okay, so I found something cool. I found, um, usually I'm a little wary about things you can buy off of Instagram, right? But it's this um, company and they make these little silicone pads that you can use to like exfoliate in the shower. So they have big ones for OMG, your body. Wait, I think we might have found the same ad. Is it Bowie? <gasps> yes! I bought that too! Oh, I bought, I bought a body scrub for me and for Andrew. And then I bought the little face one for my face. I bought body face and toothbrush because I was interested to see what their toothbrush was like okay well you're gonna have to tell me what you think of the toothbrush because I was interested in it but I don't like the handle on the toothbrush but under the same token I'm probably gonna either keep buying it or research other toothbrushes that are sustainable because the thing about this toothbrush is that it's recyclable Mm -hmm. and as opposed to plastic toothbrushes that then you would be throwing away and be putting plastic in the environment so because I don't really love this toothbrush, I'll probably, when I need a new toothbrush, look for something similar. Mm. But I don't like the handle. It's too thin and I have a hard time holding it. Huh. I've never thought about that. But I do like the face scrubber and the Are body you, scrubber. Oh, so you've already gotten it and started using it? Yeah. That's good. I'm very excited. Ours should be coming on Wednesday. And it is coming through the postal, the US service. postal service. Yes, it is. I also officially like asked my sister to be my maid of honor. Oh, that's cute. Was I that wanted... the family thing you had to take care of on Thursday? Um, no, it wasn't, oh. but um she um, is heading back to college today, so um I needed to do it before she left, only because mm-hmm. she's a as we've talked about, out of all of my bridesmaids, she's the only person that lives nearby that I can do something in person for. So I was like, I got to get it done before. Um, and then I'm working on now doing my little ideas for the rest of my bridesmaids. So, woo Oh, I was going to tell you about something you should check out online that I found. And this is for all of our listeners too. 
So there's a database. It's not really a database, but it's like a collective shop, almost like an Etsy, but specifically for beauty products called Black and Green. Mm -hmm. And it's all um, businesses owned by Black people. So that's really cool. And it's all green businesses. So like sustainable products and like natural products. Mm. So these are products I haven't gotten yet. I think probably because they're a small batch made. And so when you, like, they're not already made when you order from the company. So like you order from the company and then they tell the business owners to make the products that you ordered and then they get sent to you. So it has a little bit of a longer shipping time frame, but I'm excited about getting my products. So if you want to support um, black businesses, maybe look into black and green. I think BLK and GRN. That is correct. I am on their website right now. Um, they're calling it an all natural marketplace. They mm -hmm. have, I'm just reading this whole thing. So um, they have bath and body, um, menstrual care, home and hair products. Um, I know everyone hears this everywhere, but I also want to put it out there. Like, please support local businesses, not just to help mm. those people, but I, I feel like my the best customer service I've ever gotten and the best products that I own are from like local companies yeah. and not. And just going off of that, maybe boycott Amazon. I'm sure that some people, and this is something that I've started to do in the past few months, but it just is not a very well run company as far as wealth distribution you got a lot of wealth at the top and the workers do not get paid very much and you can instead use your money to people who are making their own products you know like olivia was saying the local businesses i think you're honestly going to get higher grade products and just better customer service people interaction and probably the people that you're then paying for their for their services are getting paid better. Yes. Oh, I have a question for everyone that obviously can't see us because this is a podcast. Um, Annika is, it looks like you're drinking out of a metal straw. I am drinking out of a metal straw. Okay, here's my question because I have found both and I just want to see if you have an opinion because there are several in the market. So there are metal straws there are uh, bamboo straws. Mm. There are like mm. those silicone straws and there are glass ones. Okay, so out of those, I've tried metal and silicone. Personally, I like the metal better just because it's a bit smaller and I like the size of it. Mm -hmm. And that might just be the silicone straws that I have are a bit bigger. But I know some people specifically like straws because of their softness. Mm -hmm. And so the thing about silicone straws would be that you're getting like that ability to kind of like bite and suck. Yeah. You know, if that makes sense. Like yes. some people enjoy that. Yes. Um, and their straws. But I do like the metal straws. But then again, I haven't tried bamboo or glass. I, and that was my question because I have, I have metal and I have glass. 
and my glass straw is so pretty Mm -hmm. and it's really I it's really it's glass and it's it's very smooth and Mm -hmm. I don't know but those are you like that about it or do you I think so I don't yeah I don't think I want like a really flimsy straw that's not for me especially because I'm not someone who's like overly into straws in general like I'm someone example when I go to Starbucks I ask for nitro lids um Mm -hmm. because I'm like I don't I don't need a straw I'm not someone who desires a straw but sometimes you kind of need it so yeah well and I'll say like my the coffee place that I frequent like my local coffee place any ice drink you buy is it has one of those like sip sip lids Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to like a straw lid so I've kind of been weaning off the usage of straws, but sometimes I do go to Dunkin' Donuts drive through because it's right next to the grocery store. And after I've had a really long trip to the grocery store, uh, because I'm like restocking on everything, I just want to pick me up. So I go to Dunkin' mm-hmm. and they don't have sip lids yet. So I either wait to drink my coffee until I get home and can use my metal straw, or I just have my metal straw with me nice all right oh snappy forgot oh that's what we yes okay so at the end of last week's podcast we started by saying that we would take a week to think about um which umbrella academy characters we were Mm -hmm. and we have taken the week we have also taken a buzzfeed quiz or two about which characters we are and I think that we have come up with a pretty solid answer Olivia would you like to present your findings my BuzzFeed quiz I took I got Diego which I think is a little right because I definitely have a little bit of a like I want to do good by people and like you know the whole like save the world thing but with the kind of like line of work I do but I would say after further inspection, I would say I am a mix between Ben and Klaus only because Ben is constantly putting out the fires that Klaus starts, which I feel like is very accurately. You're putting represents. out your own fires. <laughs> well, but I also, for people that don't know me extremely well, I, uh, my nickname in college was Grandma. People in... <laughs> people in high school called me mom like I've always been the person that's like make good choices don't do that don't do something dumb here like walking around going like please don't do dumb things yeah but I would say I'm also partial also partially I can't talk today Klaus I I'm just kind of weird yeah yeah he's just a little odd he dresses kind of funny he kind of does funny stuff and that's yeah that's pretty accurate so I feel like I'm yeah a good mixture of the two which is funny because they're always together so yeah I think I told you maybe you're um the Ben inhabiting Klaus's body character yes because it's like it's a more responsible version of Klaus but it's like still Klaus yes 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 all right and what were your findings so I took multiple BuzzFeed quizzes, mostly because I was looking for a specific answer, and I got 
a multitude of different answers. I got Diego a couple times. I think I got Klaus once or twice as well. But the BuzzFeed quiz uh, that I took, that I sent to Olivia to take, was about choosing a frozen yogurt, like building a frozen yogurt thing. And that's when I got Vanya. And obviously, I wanted to be Vanya because of the gay aspect. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't watched season two yet, or you you haven't watched season two because you haven't watched season one, season two, we find out that Vanya is falling in love with a woman, which is really cute. Um, anyways... But I don't think I'm fully Vanya because she's, like, especially season one, she's very, very reserved until she's not, and she's, like, evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say, like, I'm definitely an introvert, but I wouldn't say I'm that reserved. Mm-hmm. And I definitely have not had that traumatic from a childhood. Like, I'm not, like, sad and depressed inside because of past trauma Mm -hmm. and so I feel like for that I would say I'm also about half Ben like I'm half Vanya half Ben because I think Ben is a good mixture of like smartness but also having having fun like we see when he inherits Klaus's body that all he wants to do is roll in the dirt and I feel like that's like very Mm -hmm. me he's like I want to eat oranges and roll in the dirt. And that's what I would love to do. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that goes pretty well into our segment. It is the beginning of our next rotation. So it's technically my week. But after further investigation, Annika and I decided that we're just straight up going to talk about the Umbrella Academy um, this week. Because I watched season one when it originally came out and I was, it was on my list of things to do for season two, to watch season two. And then when Annika was like, hey, like I, you know, on the podcast, I was like, I watched the show. I love it. I was like, let's just watch it and then we'll nerd out about it. So we're pretty much just going to talk about the Umbrella Academy today. (laughs) So obviously we are going to give spoilers so if you are wanting to watch season two and you haven't yet maybe turn off the podcast now and come back to it promise we won't be bad as long as you come back to it um or if you haven't watched season two yet because you haven't watched season one but the umbrella academy as a show is something you're interested in and you don't want to know spoilers for season two you know, turn it off now. If you don't care, or even if you do want to watch it, you don't care if you have spoilers or you're never going to watch it, then keep listening. And, or if you have watched season two, obviously keep listening and give us your thoughts about it. We're very excited. We're very excited. Olivia called me on Thursday about and I was like at work, like in the <laughs> office, and there were like people working not like right by me because we're doing a socially distanced thing, but like in the same area as me. And we just started talking and I just like, can't even imagine what my end of the conversation sounded like. Cause I was like, and then an alien 
and then like the timeline was messed up and the apocalypse happened <laughs> yeah people are probably like what is she what what anyways oh Hey guys, quick note from Annika editing this audio here. We are about to dive into an overview of season one in case any of our listeners haven't watched season one and aren't going to watch season one or it's been a while since they've watched season one and they might need a refresher. And then we will dive into a deeper conversation on season two. So stay tuned and here we go. So season one, we meet these six siblings, which we later find out used to be seven, mm-hmm. who were all born on the very same day, but not by the same parents, obviously. And they, the, the interesting thing about their birth is that all of their mothers got pregnant and gave birth on the same day, which was, I believe, October, 3rd, 1st, October 1st, October mm-hmm. 1st. 1989 Mm -hmm. so they were all seven of them were adopted by this billionaire he bought seven of these children because I guess he hoped I don't know if he knew at the time but that they would have special abilities because of the circumstances of their birth Mm -hmm. and he formed the Umbrella Academy which was like a crime fighting superhero group of children where they were all able to use their special abilities to, you know, fight crime as they're a crime fighting group. Save the world. It kind of, it touches a lot in the first season about how, because of how they were raised, they all felt like they had a hero complex. Like they all kind of, their dad and how he raised them, he gave them a hero complex like you were meant to save the world you can use your powers to save the world you must save the world that mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah yes um they grew up it sounds kind of handy dandy but he their father was pretty manipulative and he kind of fathered them from a distance he wasn't you know very loving and their mom was a robot. Their mom was a robot. None of them had names. They were number one, number two, number three, number four, all the way to number seven. Number one spent the longest amount of time with, with their dad. And their dad sent him to the moon. He suspected for a mission. But we learned later that the dad never actually opened any of the files about the moon that number one, whose name was Luther, um, sent down. Number two, Diego became a crime fighter. I think vigilante work. I think vigilante. Mm -hmm. He was trying to be a police officer, a detective, Mm -hmm. but he got kicked out of police academy. Yeah, and so he just became a police by himself. Number three is Allison. She became a movie star, but she got all of her fame by using her powers, which is convincing people to do what she wants she rumors people yeah so she she can say i heard a rumor and then whatever she says after that they'll do so that's how she got a bunch of her movie parts that's how she got her marriage um which is now falling apart and they're filing for divorce 
-hmm. Number four is Klaus. He can talk to the dead, but he hates his power and he's scared of the dead. So he just gets high all the time on drugs so that he can't contact the dead. Mm -hmm. Number five is number five. (laughs) Number five is number five. And he ran away when he was like 13, we were saying, and he never came back. They have no idea what happened to him. Mm-hmm. And then number seven is ordinary. She never learned about any powers that she had. And so she's kind of just depressed because she never got to take part in any of the missions when she was younger. And she was brought up with all of these special siblings and compared to them. And they all kind of ostracized her from the family. And then she wrote a book exposing everyone's secrets because you know, honestly, I would have done that too because I would have been really bitter about everything they did to me. But anyways. Actually, were we ever told how they got their name names or did they just... Their names were given to them by their mom but because I remember, I just watched the first episode of season one where at the funeral Diego mentions, at the funeral of their father, by the way, the show starts, this isn't really a spoiler, this is literally the first episode. The show starts with their dad dying, like they've grown up, they've all gone their separate ways, their dad dies. So anyways, at the funeral of their father, Diego is like, he's a mean man, I don't have anything to say about him, that's nice, because he was mean, he didn't even give us names, he let mom do that. And I almost want to say that they didn't get names until they were significantly older, mm-hmm. because number five never got a name because he left the house when he was like 12 13 Mm -hmm. so like they didn't even have names until they were teenagers yeah it was given to them by their mom well and even well into the i mean well into season two number five is still they just call him five yeah he never gets a name yeah he's still just number five also what you were saying earlier i just heard this in a recap i was watching to just jog my memory they were talking about the day they were born the born, and how Hargraves bought all of them. And then they said, 17 years later, they all return when he died. I'm like, are all these people supposed to be 17-year-olds because they don't look like it? I don't, I'm wondering if what they meant was 17 years since they left. Because they're not, they're definitely not 17-year-olds. Uh, like, they look like, because Allison has a kid that's three and a husband okay that makes a lot more sense because when I heard that I was like what also 1989 to 2019 because we are told the story takes place in 2019 okay you're right never mind you are correct which is a little weird and I was thinking about this the other day it doesn't seem like it would take place in 2019 simply because Like, there's a lot of technology in the show, but it's not, like, relevant technology. Like, none of them use cell phones. I don't know. They, like, Allison still had to go to the library to look up, um, what's his face? Leonard Peabody. When you could just Google that on your phone. Yeah, on your phone or your computer. And it's not like Allison is poor and doesn't have a computer. She's literally a movie star. Anyways, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. So their dad dies, they all get together, five shows up at the funeral and is like, I got stuck in the future, 
And by the way, the future is an apocalypse and it happens in eight days. And then basically the entire show is them trying to figure out how to stop the apocalypse. And along the way, number seven, Vanya meets some boy and this boy um, is like actually really nice to her and tells her that she can, you know, like she's good at things and he has faith in her unlike everyone in her family always did. And then we find out that the guy that she's dating is actually a murderer who just got out of jail. And he found Reginald Hargreaves, their dad's journal in a dumpster because Klaus threw it out because he um, thought it might be money that he could use to buy drugs and it wasn't. And so he reads through this thing. He learns that Vanya actually has powers and is probably the most powerful of the family. And so he steals her meds that keep her from having powers. And he um, teaches, there's a lot of things, but in the end, basically, um, Vanya and her powers is the ones that start the apocalypse and no one would have ever thought about it. And she blows up the moon. Anything else to add for season one? Um, you also have to talk about the commission, which is an organization mm. that five works for in the apocalyptic future that controls like the timeline of the universe. And so they have um, people that are trying to find Five because he's trying to not make the apocalypse happen. And they have these briefcases that they use to time travel. I think that's a pretty big point. Yeah. And so they try to maintain the correct timeline by killing people who would stop certain events from happening. Yeah. So, and they, what they really do is they lead, they kind of lead you down a path of, they're the reason that you see some of this horrible stuff happen and one of the things that they mentioned in season one that they really hit on in season two is the assassination of um jfk Mm -hmm. and how they're like well john f kennedy has to die for these events to happen so they send five on a mission to make sure that he dies basically Mm -hmm. and that becomes um a major plot point in season uh-huh. two. So what happens is at the very end of season one, when the family's trying to keep Vanya from her powers going crazy, what happens is, is a a whole ray of energy is released and hits the moon. It breaks up. A part of the moon comes hurtling towards Earth the earth explodes and that's what causes the apocalypse. So it's still technically Vanya's fault. But what five does is gets all of them together and he decides to do a time jump. Mm-hmm. And the end of season one That's one is, of his superpowers. Yes. Five can jump through space and technically through time, but he's not very good at jumping through time, which is how he ended up in the apocalypse in the first place. Yes. Um, and that leads us to the opening of season two where you think all of them are going to plop down through, you know, the same hole in which they got sucked up into because, you know, you think everyone's going to be the same. But what happens is, is five miscalculates and they all end up in the same alleyway in Dallas, Texas in the sixties. I think it's like a three year span, right? Yeah. Klaus, Klaus is dropped in 1960. Then there are some people in 1961, some people in 1962, 
And then the last few people, I think, are Diego, Vanya, and then five all dropped in 1963, like throughout the year, mm-hmm. not at the same time. Yeah. Um, so, and how their lives evolved because they don't know where any of their siblings are and they just have to learn how to exist within the 1960s. Um, mm-hmm. So season two, a decent chunk of season two is pretty much figuring out where everyone's been and what they've been doing since. Yeah, I watched an interview that they were talking about filming like the first few episodes and they honestly didn't interact with each other, like with their siblings for the first few episodes because they were all kind of in their own movies because they had all created a life for one or two or three years. We learn Klaus is a cult leader, which is really (laughs) fun. Allison is a civil rights leader because she's she's a black woman and so she mm-hmm. has kind of become the civil rights activist in Texas. Uh, Luther number one is using his super strength to be a boxer. Diego takes it upon himself to stop the assassination of JFK mm-hmm. and so he gets locked up in a psych a psych hospital because he was found stalking Lee, Lee Harvey Oswald. And then Vanya, I think it's actually, it's not because she gets hit by a car as soon as she drops out of the alleyway, but I'm pretty sure it's because of all of the energy that she used up in her apocalyptic. Mm. Because later in the season, we see that the energy brought her memories back. Mm-hmm. So I feel like her energy explosion at the end of season one might have been her memory might have been but anyways she gets hit by a car and it's this nice family that has a a son and they take her to their farm and she's living like as a nanny for their son and she doesn't remember anything that happened in her childhood or the fact that she uh, started an apocalypse Mm -hmm. or that she has siblings yeah she knows nothing about except her name So I think what we want to do instead of telling you season two as plot points um, is discuss kind of maybe our favorite moments from season two. mm -hmm. So this is one of those things where hopefully you've watched it or you don't care about watching it and you just want to hear us talk about things. But our favorite moments and then maybe a few thoughts we have for what's going to happen in season three or why certain things happen in season two. Mm Mm-hmm uh do you want to go first I'm totally cool with whatever oh sorry guys (laughs) okay so obviously one of my favorite moments in season two is the gay stuff um of course so the family that Vanya is living with on the farm the dad is kind of abusive he's not honestly as many men were in this time period he's not the most um considerate towards his wife and his kids and he's very much like I'm the breadwinner for this family you guys need to be thanking me and doing everything that I want so anyways Vanya and the mom fall in love and I think that it's a beautifully sad story because it's the 60s and gay lesbian people are not 
thought of as natural. It's still thought of as a disease Mm -hmm. and it's still not something that you can really do openly. And so it's definitely a big plot point, you know, um, Sissy, this is, that's the, the wife on the farm. Um, her husband finds out that Vanya and Sissy are having an affair and he, he, you know, he, he threatens Vanya. He threatens his son actually to Vanya, which is what makes her actually leave. Mm-hmm. Um, that if they don't, if she doesn't leave, you know, he'll send the son away to an institution. Well, and I think this is something we've talked about before in a lot of media depicting any gay relationship. A lot of the drama drama is centered around having to like come out to someone or one of them, you know, isn't out about being gay and it's a secret where I feel like in this it's different. It didn't I feel like it was a better portrayed relationship where they were both, it kind of, it was something that was stumbled upon and they both really care about the son. And, but Vanya's still trying to figure out one because she lost her memory. She doesn't know who she is. And so I think Mm -hmm. it's very much of, she's with loving, caring, like the woman, she sissy, she falls in love with is very loving and caring and supportive. And I, I just don't feel like it has the drama that you see regularly. And I think you can probably speak on this better than I can, Annika, but I did, at least from my experience, I didn't feel like the problems that they were facing were as, I don't know, true to gay media portrayals. Yeah, it was definitely a different, a different problem. And I think some of it came with the time period that the show is set in, Mm -hmm. but I also think some of it like it's very obvious that they both really love each other and it's not any sort of like well I, I'm not sure if I love you or you know any any of that it was very much like I have a son to worry about and his mm-hmm. father is not the nicest person and that's a different mm-hmm. you know I don't know yeah anyways that was one of my favorite moments I love their love story I um I think the two going, I think based off of relationships, I think there are a lot of really, really great ones. The fact that Allison has a husband mm. in the sixties, mm-hmm. they are a power couple. They are wonderful. They, anytime those two actors interact, it just makes me smile. I think there is a, there's a be- there's just something sweet about them together. Um, I would say I really, really love the development of Diego and Lila up until we find Mm. out that she's the handler's daughter. Um, Until we figure that out, I really enjoy the evolution of their relationship because you think she's Mm -hmm. actually like a nut and he's like, I'm not actually crazy. You are. But then they break out together and you find out she's pretty normal. And um, until you find that out, it develops into a very kind of odd relationship that I really I even like it after we figure out she's the handler's daughter and the handler by the way works at the commission and is in charge of ordering assassinations of people who mess up the timeline but she's also power hungry and wants to run everything and be a dictator of the commission 
So anyways, I like their relationship even after we figure out Lila is the handler's daughter because you can see throughout the season her reluctance to Mm. kill Diego, which is what the handler wants. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the season, when Luther ends up wanting to stop Lila Mm -hmm. and, I don't know, probably kill her. That's kind of Luther's way. Yeah. But and Diego stops him and he's like, Well, I I didn't want you to harm her because I love her. Mm-hmm. And she takes a briefcase and disappears somewhere in the timeline. Yeah. I think that was a really cool moment where in a moment of despair where she she thinks she has to kill them all and because she feels alone and a lot of things that I think are a very natural emotion. I think what is really powerful about this show is yeah they all these people are kind of outcast because of their superpowers but I think it really talks to people in general in the world that feel like they're outcasts mm-hmm. and feel like that they don't have a place where they belong in that moment where he's like you can be our family like you don't have to be alone and we can be in this together and I think it's a really vulnerable moment especially for of all people Diego to be saying it um because I think he's um he's had a lot of strong emotional um moments like in season one where they thought that mom had killed their dad Mm -hmm. and he had to turn her off um only because I think he's had a big struggle with kind of facing his emotions and so to see him evolve um from those is really fantastic I think I have to say my favorite relationship is Ben and Klaus. They're just so funny. Yeah. I think the fact that this was also brought up in an interview with the cast I watched. So Ben is the dead sibling, in case you didn't know. And Klaus's superpower is the ability to talk with the dead. So he has been with him all the time because he can talk to him. Mm-hmm. But Ben can't be seen by any of their other siblings, even when Klaus is with them. And it's really, really interesting how Ben is perhaps the most put together, well thought out, smart sibling. Mm-hmm. And if he were alive, like all of the problems that this family had would honestly just go away. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he has Klaus, this like scatterbrained, very like uh, type of person who (laughs) just spends most of his time drunk or high as his mouthpiece Mm -hmm. is so funny because so so there's this moment where the the siblings like ask Klaus they're like is Ben here and Klaus goes uh sadly ghosts can't time travel and then you flash to the ghost of Ben who's sitting in a chair like right next to them and it's like seriously you're not gonna tell them I'm here like I I am here here I am and you're just gonna say that I'm not here Mm -hmm. or I think it's funny because I think you kind of realize that Klaus will be saying things to Ben like the whole family will be talking Mm -hmm. and Klaus will be talking to Ben and then all of a sudden somebody will notice that Klaus is engaged with something else and they go what did you say and Klaus is like huh nothing (laughs) like all the time there's also that that moment where he's in Allison's house because he ran away from his cult yeah and he's drunk off his butt and he's like 
he's talking to Ben and Allison is like, which ghost are you talking to this time? And he's like, a mean Texas cowboy. <laughs> ben is like, I, what? Yes. Well, especially because they're fighting because Klaus was sober for three years and broke his sobriety because he couldn't convince the love of his life that he met in Vietnam in season one, Dave. He couldn't convince him not to go into the draft. So he started drinking shows up at Allison's house and has a horrible like hangover and just feels like crap and Klaus is trying to convince Allison to start like day drinking with him mm-hmm. and Allison goes like Klaus we're not drinking that and Ben's like that's my girl she's like I got better stuff in a blender and he's like <laughs> oh no like you really guys really <laughs> that but then of course we get the one of my favorite scenes in the show, I think one of yours too, where Ben, Klaus, and Vanya are all drunk in Allison's, no, Klaus, Allison, and Vanya, yes. with Ben there too, obviously, because he follows Klaus around, are all drunk in Allison's hair parlor, Yep. and they have like a dance sequence, and they also have really funny lines, like when Klaus goes, none of us know anything about healthy relationships. The healthiest relationship in this family is when Five was banging that mannequin. And Vanya, <laughs> who has no memory of any of this, is like, what? And then there's also the line that's like, <laughs> that's like, Sissy is a big upgrade for Vanya's last love interest, the serial killer. And Vanya's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> She's like, I like the serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and then, of course, they're like, I like how everyone knows that Allison and Luther have this weird thing because they're not biological siblings, but they were raised to be siblings, but they kind of have a weird thing for each other. Um, And how, I forget the line, but it was, it was mentioned like, oh, yeah, and, you know, Allison over here has a crush on her brother, and she's like, we never even kissed, like, you can't say that, and everyone's like, "Uh uh-huh, okay, whatever. (laughs) And I think I told you about this. My other favorite scene in season two is when they all go to dinner with their dad, who, of course, isn't their dad yet. He, mm-hmm. But series of events, they all make contact with their, in quotes, dad. Mm-hmm. And their dad is so confused by them. He, like, calls them all together. And it's like, tell me what you're doing. Why are you here? And hilarity ensues because <laughs> all of these these children have kind of their own agendas for being there with with their father um Mm -hmm. Diego has made it his mission to stop the assassination of JFK and he thinks his dad has something to do with it five is like trying to figure out time travel so that he can stop the apocalypse Mm -hmm. Vanya has never in her memory met her father and she's just going there to like meet this dude that she's heard so much about Mm -hmm. and Luther of course was loyal to their father for the longest Mm -hmm. and has finally kind of figured out that their dad is a crappy person Mm -hmm. and is going to like finally stand up to their dad they're all there for like completely different reasons and the dad is like this very serious man and so when he gets there and everyone's like Diego's like you're gonna kill JFK and then Vanya blows up a fruit basket Mm -hmm. And then Allison tells Diego to punch himself in the face. And then Luther exposes his hate body. 
and five is over here like I just wanted to know about time travel (laughs) yeah I think that is the funny part is that five ends up being the most rational one of all of them which is even better because when you look at all of them five is a child but he's 58 just stuck in a child's body because he messed up time travel yes so very funny so that's a really good one what's the line that we both love that Lila says in the closet oh when she goes I just it's one of those things I'm so confused about like yogurt how does except she says yogurt because yes she's I think she's British yeah but so like yogurt how does it know how to stop being milk Which is a great question. Yes. When does milk stop being milk and become yogurt? Yes, the science of food. We enjoy so much. All right, we should probably start wrapping up talking about the end and theories for next season. Mm, yes, the end. So basically, at the beginning of the season, five sees another apocalypse. And that's also what this season is about, trying to stop the second apocalypse from coming in 1963 instead of 2019. And um, he finds out that this apocalypse is started by an all-out nuclear war between the U.S. and Russia. And we go through the season and, you know, series of events, things happen. Vanya causes the second apocalypse, too. But this time, it's because the FBI has her interrogated for suspicions of being a Russian spy Mm. because she used her powers and they were like, that's not natural. And she also has a Russian name. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, sidebar. Sorry. That's my favorite moment in the show. So... Vanya is being interrogated. She, like, goes into this weird Mm. shock. And Klaus, Allison, and Diego are trying to rescue her, and they can't get to the door because her sound wave powers, like, they can't get through the sound waves. So Ben, who's always with Klaus... Because she's being electrocuted, and they're, like, feeding energy into her body, and Mm -hmm. her powers basically are energy. Yeah. Like, her power is energy waves. (laughs) And so they're being amplified. So Ben goes in to Vanya's body and he finds as a ghost yes as a ghost and he finds her and they have this really beautiful moment where he's like Vanya you have every right to be angry with dad and the way we treated you he's like it wasn't okay but he's like we're here for you now and we love you and things have changed and we you know and they have this really tender moment and because of Vanya's energy it starts to make Ben disintegrate and he's like dying all over again I mean he's still in ghost form Mm -hmm. but it's like he's always been lurking between like or you know the world and whatever is beyond kind of thing what in the 1500s people would have called purgatory yeah and she's like it's me I'm killing you again and he's like it's okay like it's my time and they have this really beautiful moment I lost it because Ben was like well, you it well because when he said it's nice because I actually get to say goodbye this time mm-hmm. and then he looks at Vanya and he said will you please hug me as I go and I'm like oh, oh. my god 
like, <laughs> I started crying. It was so sad. It was a great moment. That's all I have to say. But I also just really, really quick sidebar, her in the the chair being electrocuted and like having all of these memories come back to her, the song that plays during that scene is so perfect. And if you have seen season two, you know what I mean by saying some of this music that's used just really sets the mood. Mm-hmm. So it's this, it's this like psychedelic song that she like disappears into her mind and her and her siblings are like eating brains and she sees eyeballs as the water around her feet it's like really weird but anyways if you want to listen to this song it's called pepper by the butthole surfers so just in case you wanted that little nugget of information are you serious that is a yeah the band's name is called butthole surfers that's a fun one Oh, also, that is one thing I love about Klaus having a cult, is all of Klaus's cult sayings are lines from music that haven't that been written been yet. Written, yeah. Yes. So, like the Backstreet Boys. Yes. <laughs> and then there's like this epic fight scene to everybody by the Backstreet Boys. Yep. And it's like, it's it's a very juxtaposing moment where Allison is fighting some assassins from the commission and is playing everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's Rest not the <laughs> It's not the original. It's um I think it's a remixed version of it or I thought it was. I'm not it's sure. Edited to fit into the show. It was really it was really really great. Um, if you guys want to look it up, please do. It's fantastic. Even just that scene, like the the sequence of events while that that Backstreet Boys mm-hmm. song is playing, is oh, pretty pretty good. It's because Ben had. So there's a scene. It's a really great scene where Ben is kind of in love with one of the cult followers, and so he asked Klaus if he can um, possess him so he can actually talk to her. And so Ben is still in charge of Klaus's body and Diego comes to get him because they need to leave to get out of the 1960s. So Ben is in Klaus's body and as they're leaving, one of the cult followers is like, leader, where are you going? And Ben's like, I have to pull some obscure music quote from a time that they don't know about to like as a parting thing. And it's, it's a line from so he so he pulls from everybody by the backstreet boys yeah yep so (laughs) okay anyways you said this earlier and i think we really do have to start wrapping up so let's talk about a few things that we predict for season three and anything else that we that we noticed or that we want to that we want to talk about to to end this podcast so the very last thing we find out at the end of season two is that it seems to me that because all of these siblings existed in 1963 and they introduced themselves to their father, they altered the timeline so drastically that he no longer adopted them and created the Umbrella Academy. He adopted six other children and created the Sparrow Academy. And their leader is a still very much alive Ben. ben possibly kind of evil he doesn't look very nice 
No, he doesn't. So they all come back to their house in 2019 and they're very confused because he's like, I never adopted you. So now they have no idea what their lives are actually like. Also, something that is revealed in season two, but is also never touched on after it, Mm. is that their father, they allude to him being an alien? Wearing a skin suit to be a human. Yep. So we don't know what that's about. Which kind of makes sense because he has all of the, like, crazy science experiments and, like, things that he knows about, and he also doesn't seem to age. Like, he seems to be the same age when they meet him in 1963 as he was when he died in 2009. Yeah, he's just kind of like a, he's not old, but he's also not middle-aged. He's probably in his, like, I would say 60s or 70s, maybe. Yeah, and he Uh, seems to be that age all the time. That's pretty accurate. So that's a pretty big reveal that hasn't been touched on. So I'm hoping they'll They'll do that. that. Yeah. But I think it's just more of, okay, now that the timeline has been drastically changed. Mm -hmm. Oh, one thing that Anna and I talked about is because what we found out at the end of season two, Lila was also a gifted child that now maybe Hargraves has actually adopted her in this new timeline. Yeah. But I also... And that's that's another thing I was saying to Olivia is that it's possible that she was adopted by Hargreaves, but I also feel like her knowledge of the existence of the timeline might keep her out of that because the last thing we see is her taking a briefcase. So her as herself, as her, you know, late 20s, early 30s, I don't know how to do the math, self she can travel anywhere she wants. That's true. And so I would almost be more inclined to say that we'll see her as she existed in season two in season three. Mm-hmm. Well, I think here's the big question is, is season three going to be wrapped around, we have to get the timeline back to its original point or, or are the kids going to be so relieved that they're not Hargrave's children anymore? Hmm. I almost think that the the storyline of season three is going to be that the Sparrow Academy is sent to, like, knock out the Umbrella Academy. Like, I almost think that instead of the commission being the Umbrella Academy's main enemy, it's going to be the Sparrow Academy, and it's going to be their most difficult journey yet because all of the people in the Sparrow Academy also have powers. And going back to that, because we learned that Lila, this is something that I told you I was confused about, because at the end of season two, we learned that Lila was also one of the children born on October 1st, 1989. So, excuse me. So she has these powers, but somehow she was able to do all of the powers that the kids have. And I was confused about what her actual power was Mm -hmm. and her power is being able to someone called her a human uno reverse card like whoever she's battling she can use their power to her advantage so it's not that she has all of these powers it's that because she's fighting these siblings she's able to use their powers she can like mimic them almost yeah okay that's a good thought that i did not huh an Uno reverse card. That's a great way to describe it. 
the other thing I want to touch on and get your thoughts on in season three is is Harlan. So Harlan is the is Sissy's kid um, that we learn that through CPR, Vanya has transferred her energy powers to. Then she takes them back, and but it seems like he still has some powers left inside of him because the last thing we see of him is he's like levitating his little bird toy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to know if you think that Harlan's going to pop up in season three at all. Oh, for sure. Well, I think the sixties isn't far removed enough like that. We could see some of those relationships come back but like as Allison's husband being old and as Sissy being old and Mm -hmm. because the timeline has changed so much just because Dave went to Vietnam doesn't mean he's dead he could have ended up living yeah so maybe all these characters they like re-meet these people from the 60s they're still the same age but all these people are old now older well yeah and Harlan would definitely be you know like a like an adult in 2019 so I could see him being I don't know involved somehow in in the events that happen in season three Mm -hmm. well I mean imagine so what so we're talking about 50 almost 60 years later Ooh. yeah so if they're he's probably like nine or ten yeah, well, I'm talking about, like, Sissy, and I'm always forgetting Allison's yeah. husband name. Uh, Roy? Roy. Ray? Ray. Ray. It's Ray. Um, so we're talking about, like, they'd probably be, if we're saying they're about 30, they'd be, like, in their 90s, so they'd be pretty old. Yeah. But I know plenty of 90-year-olds. Yeah. You never know. So I think that will be... I think that would be an interesting way to go about it is like you said, like have the Sparrow Academy, but also have these people from the past, but it wasn't the past of them. It was just a couple of days ago Mm -hmm. and how that affects them because it was already hard to leave them in the sixties. Yeah. So what does it mean to now see them? We also have a 58 year old five somewhere out there in the world. True. We have a 13-year-old number five and a 58-year-old number five, mm-hmm. both on the same timeline. And we learned in season two that bad things happen when you are in close proximity to yourself mm-hmm. in a timeline. Was it and so I think that psychosis? could paradox psychosis. I think that could be a really interesting element that comes back in season three. Mm-hmm. Because they both, both versions of five survived the time jump to 2019. Mm -hmm. That is very true. Well, and I think it's interesting. So, well, but they messed up the timeline from the 60s. So how are they also going to run into themselves in 2019 since their lives are completely different? No, because they all remain the same self. Yeah, but, but, but the apocalypse didn't happen like it was supposed to. Which apocalypse? The 2019 apocalypse from season one. Mm-hmm. So if they're not Hargreaves' children, they weren't together. So 2019 apocalypse didn't happen. So what have their lives? Yeah, I think that's going to be an interesting thing that 
honestly, I think the writers of the show are going to have to struggle with is they're plopping these children into mm-hmm. a world that they know, but they've, they're 30 years old and they haven't been living in this world for 30 years. And so it's kind of this, like, they have somehow created a life for 30 years, but it's not the life that they know. What is their life? Mm-hmm. Is Allison's daughter alive? Mm-hmm. Is well, Allison still a movie star? Well, exactly. But if they didn't get adopted by Hargreaves, would Vanya have grown up in Russia? Would I? I think Vanya's the only one where we know she. Yeah, was I from. think our my assumption is that the very first scene of season one, where we see the woman in Russia get pregnant in like two seconds. Mm-hmm. I think the assumption is that the the child that is born in that scene is Vanya. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean in this world do Would the umbrella up with Yeah, yeah do that... they all even know each other? Even well, though but I think we're replopped down and they know each other, but do you know what I mean? Like Yeah, like would they have known each other if they hadn't just jumped from the sixties? Mm-hmm. Because obviously they they do know each other. Yes. Because they they haven't been living whatever life has been set for them in this new timeline yeah and I think that's where the the confusion is because I think they're gonna have to refine their life yeah it's going it's getting real messy they've like messed up the timeline and they've time traveled too much yeah where now it's really starting to not make sense anymore and if they keep like that's the thing about the show is that if we keep going with the whole time jumping thing, they're going to mess up the timeline so much it's not going to be fixable. So then what? Now I guess we have to wait a year and a half until season two, three. Mm -hmm. Well, and we don't even know if it'll be, it could be longer. Like example, I just saw the other day. Yeah. um, Start filming until. Yeah, Stranger Things. I got really excited because it said like, Stranger Things 4 starts next month and I was like I was confused I was like is it coming out next month another show that is fantastic if you haven't watched Stranger Things one I don't know how Mm -hmm. you haven't two do yourself a favor and go watch it it's full of fantastic actors great writing it's a 10 out of 10 yes 10 out of 10 show but so I got excited because I was like is it coming out next month but they started they filmed like the first two episodes and they had to stop production because of COVID Mm-hmm. And so now they're just starting back up so we're not going to get stranger things this year it's probably going to be well into next year before we get season well four. and that's one thing for both umbrella academy and stranger things like i was saying they're both so full of visual effects mm-hmm. that most of the time in production is spent you know with a visual effects team and that makes it take even longer from filming to mm-hmm. release because so much has to be edited in at the end mm-hmm. you know the kids who have powers when you have superpowers in a show mm-hmm. you can only do so much of that with filming so much of it is done on green screen and things have to be edited in and mm-hmm. you know yeah and also this was the thing I learned on a behind the scenes interview um Umbrella Academy was filmed in Canada but obviously it was set in Dallas Texas and they had a day where they were filming in like two feet of snow and you can't have snow in Texas and so the visual effects team had to go through and edit out 
a bunch of snow in in the scene that is so funny some of it they were able to play into it and they pretended like harlan and harlan's powers were making it snow oh it's that scene oh but you can see you can see that there's like a line around the farm that harlan is that like Mm -hmm. they had to edit snow out of because it had to be confined to an area That makes sense. But that was real snow on the ground. Like, that wasn't edited in snow. They had to edit out the snow when you, like, on in the big yeah. pull-out scene. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. All right. We should probably wrap it up. That was... Yeah, this is going to be a really long podcast, but... Well, guys, maybe we'll be show reviewers now. You yeah, maybe know. we'll change our entire the entirety of our podcast and just talk about shows. And I still have more I would want to say about Umbrella Academy. So maybe, maybe we we'll can... do a, a part two in the future. Yeah, maybe this was our service level thing and we'll go. <sighs> Sorry, I'm yawning. It looks like I need <laughs> a nap. Deeper. You know, yeah, maybe we'll get into the details. Cause there we we did not talk about a lot of stuff. Yeah, we did not talk about either of the things I really wanted to talk about. So honestly, maybe I'll just do this for my, my topic <laughs> next week too. Well, guys, I hope you guys don't hate me too much if we do that. They love but, us. That's why they're here. Oh yeah, obviously they love us. But tell us what you thought about Umbrella Academy season one and or season two um, on our social media. On Instagram, we are at you can live anytime spelled just like the name of this podcast and on twitter we are at you can live any mm-hmm. no time nope. um leave us a review on apple podcasts follow us on spotify rate us five stars anywhere you want to honestly tell the entire world that we are fantastic tell and your friends and family about us tell you- everyone you know who listens to to watches umbrella academy about us yeah sound off let us know how you feel if this inspires you and you're like wow this sounds like a really crazy hectic show one you're right two you should watch watch it it because we did not get to half of it yeah so honestly yeah we gave you some spoilers but you'll still be plenty intrigued by the plot because Mm -hmm. we did not we could not did not and could not touch on all of the plot points Mm -hmm. all right guys well we'll see you next week (laughs) Yep. Talk to you later. All right. Bye, Bye, everyone.